December 31st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. New Year's Eve for those celebrating. Welcome to our Week 17 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chow. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, we're going to go straight to QB for cash. And I think it's it might be the easiest week of the yeah. season for that because Trey Lance looks inevitable at 4800 bucks. Yeah, I mean, I play crappy quarterbacks for 4800 bucks in cash on DraftKings. You know, Lance, Lance is not crappy, at least if you factor in his rushing upside. I, I, I think he's the best quarterback value we've had all season based on our dollars per point value and you know that's based on our passing projection of just 180 yards and you know 1.1 passing touchdowns we have him for 66 rushing yards and 0.3 rushing touchdowns he, he ran 16 times for 89 yards in his first start his first and only start back in week five against Arizona threw for just 192 yards in that game didn't score a touchdown passing or rushing and still scored 15.6 DraftKings points which would be just fine in cash um, you know, if you're playing him in tournaments, you, you, you're going to need more than that, but it'd be fine for cash. Uh, much better matchup here than he had in week five. Uh, Lance gets the Texans this week. And the Niners still have the fifth highest implied total on the week. You know, assuming at this point, Vegas is assuming that Lance is going to be the starter and they still expect the Niners to put up, you know, 28 points. Yeah. If we're considering Kevin Hogan at, the, at one of these <laughs> prices uh, for yeah. cash. And it, I mean, if we're considering Taysom Hill, and his first ever NFL start in cash at this price. It's tough to look away from a first round pick for the 49ers. In our DK dollars per point rankings, Trey Lance is $53 ahead of number two, Matthew Stafford, who's at 7,100 in salary. Nine more quarterbacks are within $53 of Matthew Stafford in that DK dollars per point category. So it's just not even close. So let's jump over to GPP. And there's lots to like here. And I guess the the starting point is Trey Lance. Are you going to fade him fully in GPPs? Are you going to play him a little bit? What are you doing with Trey Lance here? I'm going to play him probably on like two of my six teams. Just again, like if he, if, if Lance puts up like 22, I think like it's going to be tough to win without him just for how cheap he is and, you know, what else you can build around. And it's obviously a week, you know, we'll talk about Cooper Cup and even Jonathan Taylor, like guys you, you want to get in there that have, you know, 30 point upside. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's almost impossible to get both of them in without Trey Lance. Um, and it's even, you know, challenging to use either of those guys if you don't use Trey Lance. So, you know, for, for that, for that reason, um, I'm going to definitely be playing Lance in tourneys, even though I do think, you know, he'll probably be the most popular quarterback in tournaments. Yeah, I would expect so, and for good reason, because of all the things that we just mentioned. And, you know, the other thing is, even if he doesn't ultimately pay off at, even if he doesn't ultimately reach ceiling, he's still going to pay off. He's still not going to be somebody that kills you. If you're playing a $4,800 quarterback, you don't need a 35-point quarterback week to win. So it's tough to avoid him. I certainly can't call him a full fade. You know, if, if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, maybe then I, maybe I, I don't go too heavy on Trey Lance. There are lots of other options here is the other thing. Matthew Stafford at 7,100 is certainly an option against the Ravens, especially coming off of Joe Burrow's big day last week. And that was the fourth 400 plus yard game. 
that Baltimore is allowed this year. Cooper Cup's obviously in that matchup. You also have Mark Andrews as a run back. You have Marquise Brown as a run back uh, and the other Rams options to go along with him. Then there's Tyler Huntley now that um, it looks like Lamar Jackson's not going to play 5,600 bucks. You can put him in a Cooper Cup lineup. You have Andrews and Mark Marquise Brown available. I think that Tyler Huntley and Marquise Brown are especially interesting at their fairly low cost. The targets have remained there for Marquise Brown, seven plus targets in eight straight games, 10 and nine targets the past two weeks with other quarterbacks in there. So you don't need to, you know, hope that Marquise Brown gets enough. All you're doing is basically taking a shot that he either gets some deep looks this week or even just takes a short pass or two and breaks it for a long game. Yeah. So how I'm going to play tournaments this week is I'm going to, I think full fade the Chiefs and Bengals passing games. You know, I might mix in some Daryl Williams. I'm, I'm going to play Daryl Williams, and I might mix in some Joe Mixon. And I, I'm going to hope that the Rams, Ravens, and Cardinals, Cowboys games are the ones that really go off. So those are the games I'm going to be like full on stacking with the quarterback. So I, you know, Matt Stafford, obviously Tyler Huntley. I like to play the other side of that game. You know, I'd, I'd probably go like Huntley, Mark Andrews, and Cooper Cup, and then you know, basically hope Huntley can just like match Matt Stafford in fantasy points and he's $1,500 cheaper. Um, and then I'm going to play both quarterbacks in the Cowboys Cardinals game. I think, you know, that Dak Prescott's easier to make the argument for is 6,700 bucks. So it's a pretty good price. Got the big bounce back game last week. The Cardinals are going to be down two starting corners. It looks like uh, Robert Alfred's on IR and then Marco Wilson looks like he's going to miss this game too. So um, I think Dallas's wide receivers are going to have plenty of success against that secondary. And then Kyler Murray, I think he's going to come in low owned, you know, coming off, you know, really like three straight, pretty disappointing outings from a real life perspective. The fantasy production has still been okay because he's running again, which is huge. Obviously he's actually down to his uh, cheapest price of this uh, season this week on DraftKings at $7,300. And I, I still think he's going to come in low owned. Um, and I just think, you know, this game has shoot up potential if it, you know, goes, you know, 33, 27 Cowboys, you know, Kyler Murray could definitely be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. So I'm going to take a shot on him. Uh, the Cowboys are up to number one overall in defensive DVOA at this point. It's a absolutely no Kyler Murray for me, especially with all the other options. I am interested to see what the ownership projections are on these guys though, because in addition to all the guys that we just mentioned, I mean, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, names didn't even yeah. come up. I, I'll be curious to see if that Bengals chiefs game is popular or if they're, you know, plenty thinking like you that I would rather go to a different game and let that sit where it is because the Bengals can be slow on offense. The chiefs can be tough on defense. Josh Allen, we didn't even get to yet has maybe the best passing matchup in the league in Atlanta. So there's just so much around that more than landing on a favorite quarterback or two, I think I'm going to look for who is not getting played as much as I think he should and get some of that exposure on Sunday. Yeah, I'm curious to see that too. Um, I think Allen will be maybe second most popular behind um, Trey Lance. You know, just the Falcons, high implied total. Allen's been really good lately. I don't know. I, I think like a, like a month ago, Cowboys Cardinals would have been like the chalk of the week. But, you know, Arizona's offense has been struggling. Like you said, the Cowboys defense has been good. The Cowboys offense wasn't good until last week. So I, I think um, I think that game's going to come in lower on than, again, it would have like a month ago. The, the thing that... I don't know, keeps me from that hope for Dak is just how awesome he was last Sunday night. Yeah. And the fact that it was Sunday night, I don't it doesn't I don't believe it factored into the pricing. So it kept Dak from getting high. But yeah, lots to work with. And I mean, I didn't even mention Jalen Hurts, Taysom Hill. Those guys would be more interesting in any other week. They're just like they could sneak in at like two or three percent owned with all the options here. Yeah, well, we have 14 games on this slate, and it's the first time all season we get 14 games. I think next week is it. 
Yeah, so it'll be a 15 games. But I mean, you know, 13s is as much as we've had so far this season. So it is, um, and that's definitely like that's going to spread ownership more. I think it's it's going to probably make it a higher scoring week just because there's more options available. So that's that's all worth factoring in, especially when you're building your tournament lineups. Yeah, definitely. Over a running back now where Jonathan Taylor, I think that we usually think about him being maybe even a stronger option on FanDuel in general, just because it's not full PPR scoring over there, but he's actually a better value by our numbers this week on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel seventh in our DK dollars per point rankings versus 10th on FanDuel, that $9,000 salary on DraftKings puts him closer to the rest of the position. So with that in mind, with Jonathan Taylor obviously kind of looming over everything we do at running back, what's your plan for cash lineups? I'm not planning on playing Taylor as of now, and I I think I de- will definitely not play him in cash if it's Sam Ellinger at quarterback for the Colts. You know, just I you know Taylor's still going to get his volume; he'll still be fine. I just think it, it lowers his his ceiling if it's Ellinger. But I mean, to me, really, it's 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 again, it's hard to play JT and Cooper Cup, and I I'm going to prioritize. Cooper Cup. I do. If you look at our projections, he's a. We haven't projected for, for more points. We haven't projected as the better value. And there are just more running back plays I like in cash than at wide receiver. Yeah, I agree with that. Taylor, Jonathan Taylor is definitely not a must. I'll play around with it some to see what a lineup can look like with both Taylor and Cooper Cup in it because that'll be interesting. Taylor aside, though, I think David Montgomery at sixty five hundred bucks, Daryl Williams at fifty eight hundred, both look nice. They're the top two in our DK dollars per point rankings at running back. And both of these guys look game script safe. Even if their teams fall behind, both of these running backs are heavily involved in the passing game. David Montgomery, especially over the past four games, 31 targets in that span. That's 7.8 targets per game for the entire season. Only 17 wide receivers have averaged that many targets per game. So that's a lot of target volume for running back. David Montgomery has not done a whole lot on the ground lately. Here come the Giants to help that. 27th and run defense DVOA. And the Giants are so bad right now that they are six-point underdogs to the Bears this week. Yeah, Montgomery's second in expected PPR points over the last five weeks. And now, he, like you said, gets gets the plus matchup. So he's definitely in my cash lineup. Darrell Williams, definitely in my cash lineup. I mean, some people might shy away from him just because you know, we haven't seen him as a lead back in a while. We saw him for five games in the role earlier this season but you know he 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 averaged about 14 carries and five and a half targets in those five games that includes that total dud from the Chiefs offense against Tennessee and Williams saw just nine opportunities in that game in his other four games he got 25 19 23 and 20 opportunities so you know if you can give me 20 opportunities from from a running back in the Chiefs offense and a pretty good matchup against Cincinnati I think that's a great cash play I think my third cash game running back is going to be Sony Michelle um, you know, he's 5,800 bucks. It, to me, it's just a, a volume play for that price tag. Uh, Michelle's opportunities, his last four games, 28, 21, 20, and 31. Um, we know Daryl Henderson's not going to play on Sunday. It sounds like Cam Akers might not play now, even, even if he is active. I don't think he gets more than a few touches. Um, so, you know, tough individual matchup for Michelle on the ground against the Ravens. They're still good against the run. But volume, and I you know, expect the Rams to put up points because their passing game is going to have success. So that, you know, that, that's going to lead to touchdown opportunities for Sony Michelle. Yeah, I mean, the matchup scares me a little bit, but I also think that that is priced in at 5800 yeah. for a workhorse back in, which should be a good offensive day for the Rams. So I think he should be like 7400 for what his role is in his situation. So I think yeah. that that makes up for what's on the other side of the ball. GPP side, DeAndre Swift is going to be yep. quite interesting at 6000 bucks against Seattle, especially if he checks in at single-digit ownership. I, I wonder, though, now that 
it, it sounds like Detroit is, you know, saying that they're, they're going to give him the ball <laughs> plenty. I wonder if that's going to push him higher. Yeah. That's the big guy I'm winning on ownership for. I think ownership's going to completely dictate what I do with Swift. If he's, you know, 15 plus percent, I'll probably fade him. Cause I do think there's still some risk he's limited or hurt, re, you know, re-injures the shoulder. It is going to be Tim Boyle at quarterback again for Detroit. So maybe the offense just sucks. Um, but if he does come in, you know, six, seven, eight percent owned at $6,000, which, you know, Swift was around 7,000 for a lot of the season when he was healthy. So he's, he's cheap. The matchup's good. You know, Seattle 31st and adjusted points allowed to running backs. And, and like you said, you know, Dan Campbell said they're going to cut him loose. What was Campbell's quote on, uh, Wednesday. So, you know, if, if Swift's going to get the, the volume he was getting before the shoulder injury, you know, again, he's, he's just underpriced here. And Dan Campbell's a coach that I believe, you know, there are other coaches <laughs> you can hear say things and you're like, ah, but we'll see what the truth is. I don't know. It could be wrong, but I believe that yeah. if he says that, then that is the plan, especially because he comes from the offensive side of the ball. Rashad Penny on the other side of that one is also interesting at 6,100 and also I think has a chance to go under owned in his situation, especially because he does not get a whole lot of receptions, but I mean, he could be in for 18 carries in this game could definitely get the 100 yard bonus could be in for a score or two. So at that price, I like Rashad Penny this week as well. Yeah. I like Penny. Um, I, I, I like Ronald Jones a bit more. Um, we'll see about the ownership on these guys. I think Jones will be pretty chalky, but 6,300 bucks got 20 carries and three targets last week. I think that's a pretty fair workload projection for him this week with the Bucks massive favorites over the Jets. Um, the Jets 29th in football outsiders run defense DVOA and they're dead last in adjusted points allowed to running backs. Let's just hope that Keyshawn Vaughn doesn't steal those red yeah. zone uh, touches from the 50 yard line like he did last week. <laughs> Devin Singletary, I think, also in the mix for GPP side, basically more so because of salary than because of upside. I think some of these other guys have more mm-hmm. touchdown ceiling to them than Devin Singletary does. But at 5,400, now he's working as a workhorse back. He's had his two largest touch counts of the season the past two weeks. So I think where you need a little bit more um, salary flexibility versus yeah. even what Penny or Swift or Ronald Jones can give you, that's when Devin Singletary gets interesting. Yeah, and I do. I do think he has decent upside. I mean, you know, he's he's not going to get all the goal line work. We know that. But if he's going to get you know like twenty opportunities again, like he's been he's got in the past couple of weeks, and you have the Bills fourteen and a half point home favorites with you know tied for the highest implied total on the week, so I think there's you know definitely touchdown upside there. Yeah, I think he has some upside overall, but it's more nice upside as opposed to yep. the chance to explode that some of these other guys might have. With Antonio Gibson out now on the COVID list, is Jarrett Patterson at forty eight hundred bucks in play for you at all? Nope, definitely not. I, I, I think Jonathan Williams is going to mix in quite a bit, and I think they're going to promote uh, Wendell Smallwood from the practice squad, and he'll see some passing down work. I, you know, I, I think you're looking at you know best case like 15 touches for Patterson, and it's a crappy offense, and I, I don't, I don't want to mess with it. Yeah, I mean, if you're setting a whole bunch of lineups, you can toss Jarrett Patterson in one and get that savings, but I wouldn't go too heavy on him at all by any means. And I I think that if you are even looking down in that range, you know, why go past Michael Carter at 5,100 to Jarrett Patterson at 4,800, a better bet for touches and a a weaker defense in the Bucs than what we're used to seeing because of all the injuries. Boston Scott's the guy I'm going to be playing down there. He's 4,900 bucks. Um, yeah. Even if even if Jordan Howard plays, I'll probably mix in some Scott for tournaments. And if Howard's out, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd quite get to Scott in cash, but I think he'd be an option. I think he'd be you know one of the you know top five or six values at running back. Yeah, he would absolutely be in play for cash. I'll be interested if there's no Jordan Howard to see what ownership projection we get on Boston Scott. I don't. I wonder if he's going to be able to be talked about enough 
to get a good ownership projection. But, you know, at the same time, for a $4,900 running back, it matters a little bit less than if it's somebody more expensive. Yeah, Chase, Chase Edmonds, the last guy I want to mention real quick, just, um, you know, especially he's another guy. If James Conner is out, Chase Edmonds becomes an option in cash. You know, the matchup obviously isn't ideal, but, you know, he got Edmonds got 16 carries and nine targets last week. You know, that's, and he's 5,700 bucks. That's just crazy volume for a guy that price. Over to wide receiver for cash. And Jared, I feel like it should start with $6,100 Antonio Brown, who drew 50% target share last week in his return game, but. He missed practice Thursday with the ankle, limited Wednesday. That, of course, is the thing that kept him out for weeks and weeks. So we're going to have to see about his Friday participation and his game status to see if he's really cash viable this week. Yeah, we'll see. My guess is like Thursday was a day off unless he like tweaked the ankle again in Wednesday's practice. And we we haven't heard that's the case. So I'm planning on using Antonio Brown in cash. And unless he unless he like doesn't practice again on Friday and is questionable, then you have to back away from him. But um, yeah, he's he's still like fifteen hundred dollars too cheap right now on DraftKings. Um, so I'm going to play Antonio Brown. And again, I'm going to play Cooper Cup in cash, even at $9,500. You know, again, to me, it's Cup or Jonathan Taylor. We have Cup projected for six more DraftKings points than Jonathan Taylor. You know, the um, the 100-yard bonus and the full PPR really swings things in favor of Cup on DraftKings. Yeah, I would say it's closer between them on FanDuel um, than it is here. And full PPR, definitely. Cooper Cup is the, the must for me between them. It's kind of tough for me to nail down specific favorites other than the guys that we've already mentioned here. There's a range of options at a range of salaries at wide receiver. I'm likely going for more correlations and salary fits than specific favorite targets here. But one key guy that's going to help me fit what I want is Zay Jones at 3,900 bucks. And we talked about him on Thursday tied for 15th among wide receivers and targets over the past five weeks tied for 11th in targets among the over the past three weeks among all wide receivers. So he's getting the ball a good bit, five plus receptions in three straight games and four of the past five. Now the Raiders head into this one as seven point underdogs. So we should get plenty of passing volume and the best defenders for the Colts are up the middle of the field. So when Zay Jones is outside, he should face decent individual matchups. Vegas has to be expecting the Colts to get Carson Wentz back, right? I'm, I'm just thinking when you you know say that the, Colts are still seven point favorites. They're, they're not going to be seven point favorites if it's Ellinger under center. I, I don't know. I think that they will be because it's Jonathan Taylor for 30 carries. It's yeah. somebody throwing the ball 12 times and the Raiders <laughs> can't score more than 12 points at this point. I, I, I'd bet the Raiders plus the full seven if it's Ellinger, but that's, I guess that's a discussion for another podcast. Um, yeah. I, um, I, I'm going to have to go. I think I'm going to have to go cheap for my third wide receiver in cash. So Zay Jones is definitely an option for me. I know I kind of laughed at you on the pod um, yesterday when you brought up Zay Jones, but I might end up playing him in cash. I, the other guy down there though, and he's $900 more expensive, but Michael Gallup is just $4,800. It just seems, seems too cheap to me. He's not like the safest target, bet, obviously with all the weapons in Dallas, but I, I do want, you know, pieces of that game, even in cash. And again, $4,800 just, just seems too cheap. And you know, Gall- Gallup does have, tw- you know, 20 point upside. For cash, though, you want to save the 900 bucks and take Zay Jones, who he is the the safe bet for targets in that same kind of, you know, role in terms of not being his team's top target, but also having the upside to lead his team in targets. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I definitely think he's a safer target, but, uh, you know, upside still matters in cash even too, though. And I think Gallup beats Zay Jones there. So if I have that money, I'm going to go to Gallup. If I if I don't, um, it's probably going to be Zay Jones. Zay Jones week, baby. GPP side, uh, Christian Kirk is intriguing to me in that same game you were just talking about 5,800 bucks. 
especially if I'm stacking Cowboys. Uh, Christian Kirk's going to be a must in those lineups. 12 and 9 targets the past two games for Kirk. And the Cowboys are more vulnerable in the middle of the field than they are on the edges. I mean, like I mentioned, it's the number one defense overall in DVOA now. So they're not vulnerable, especially in any area, but they are first in coverage against number one wide receivers. They're third in coverage against number two wide receivers, 15th against other wide receivers. Now that doesn't necessarily mean outside versus inside for a lot of teams. The number one receiver is outside, but sometimes it can be the slot corner in this particular case, though, the Cowboys slot corner, Jordan Lewis is well behind Trayvon Diggs and Anthony Brown and PFF coverage grades. He missed last week's game on the COVID list. Jordan Lewis is still tied for ninth among all cornerbacks in targets faced over the past four weeks, despite missing that one game within that span. According to PFF, Anthony Brown leads that category as teammate on the outside. So I think we'll see lots of targets in this game. I think the Cowboys should score plenty of points with the way that the Cardinals have been playing and the pieces missing for them on defense. And I think that Kirk gets, you know, kind of that run back value and could see a whole lot of target volume in this game. Yeah, and Kirk, of course, has been playing more in the slot since DeAndre Hopkins uh, got hurt again. Kirk's been in the slot for 83% of his snaps over the last two weeks. So he, he is the Cardinal I like in my Cardinals-Cowboys game stacks, along again with with uh, Chase Edmonds and Zach Ertz. I'm going to be mixing into those two. Um, but So I, I love Michael Gallup here in tournaments. Um, I like C.D. Lamb, too, on the Cowboys side. The Cardinals have allowed the second most fantasy points to slot receivers this season and lamb's been primarily in the slot since you know they got cooper back healthy and it's been cooper and gallup on the outside lamb in the slot so like cd lamb to have a big game here and then i'm gonna you know, i'm gonna go back to the uh rams wide receivers odell beckham and van jefferson who you know have, have hurt me the past couple of weeks but i mean they, they've both you know shown upside recently you know obj has two games of 19 plus dk points among his first six with the rams jefferson's been quiet the last two but he went 18, 16, and 15 points in his three games before that. So, you know, if you're playing Stafford Cup, um, you got to get cheap. And, you know, these wide receivers are cheap enough to kind of help you make those stacks work. Yeah, and there will be one more guy from that team to talk about, <laughs> that even though Jared doesn't want to. Over okay. to tight end for cash. And we talked about the Raiders, but uh, Foster Moreau at 3,800 yep. is also well within play. It's probably my first step at tight end. The Colts are the number two scoring matchup for tight ends by adjusted fantasy points allowed. And, I mean, we don't even have to look far to find when they gave up big stuff to tight ends. Zach Ertz had eight catches on him last week among 13 targets. Hunter Henry the week before, six for 77 and two touchdowns. Gronk had seven catches for 123 two weeks before that. Dawson Knox had a big game against them. The Raiders, as I mentioned, heavy underdogs. I expect plenty of passing volume in this one. So, I mean – it's not a huge difference between Foster Moreau and Cole Komet, who has a $500 salary cushion below Foster Moreau, but I'd rather bet on the upside of Moreau yes. and the Raiders offense. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, Komet actually comes in as our top value at the position, but, you know, I, I think Moreau is similar as far as floor goes, and I just like the, the ceiling better. You know, I, I just – I guess I believe in the Raiders offense a bit more than the Bears at this point. Um, Moreau's averaged 5.5 targets now in his six games without Darren Waller. So, you know, he's been getting pretty nice volume. Like you said, this matchup is just about as good as it gets. Yeah, and over the past three, about 17.5% target share. So uh, pretty good role for him right now. GPP side, what do you like? 
I'm going to try to get up to, to Mark Andrews in some of my teams. And I think, you know, that's another spot where, where uh, Trey Lance can help. I mean, really over the past month now, like you've needed one of these elite tight ends to win tournaments. It's, you know, it's been Mark Andrews a lot of the time. It's been George Kittle for a couple of weeks in there, but um, you know, man, T- Tyler Huntley, who I expect to be under center for Baltimore um, has been peppering Andrews with targets. Andrews has 10, 11 and 13 targets in Huntley's, you know, three games, you know, I think I think two of those were starts, and the other one he played, you know, about three and a half quarters of. Um, and the Rams are just 21st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. It has a spot that it's a spot they've kind of struggled on defense. So I think it's going to be another big Mark Andrews game, especially if it's Huntley under center. Yeah, and I mean Huntley at 5600 can also help you get um, yep. Mark Andrews into that lineup as well, and and they work nicely with a Cooper Cup stack since it's the same game. I also still like Foster Moreau here. And then Tyler Higby is the guy that I have to mention to go with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, or could be part of a, a Raven stack or even standalone at 4000 bucks because there aren't that many attractive low-cost options here that have the touchdown upside, I think. Uh, Five-plus targets for Higby in five straight games, five catches in two straight, and in five of his past eight games. Baltimore is still the sixth-best scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed for tight ends, and it's probably the best passing matchup at this point in the league overall right now, just ask the Bengals about that. So I like the upside on Higby. I like being able to combine him with any of the other options that I'm looking to play from that game. Yeah. No arguments here. Um, I'm not sure I'll get to him, but we'll see. Um, I, I wanted to mention Zach Ertz here too. Um, you know, he's 5,200 bucks on drafting. So it feels kind of gross paying that much for Zach Ertz, but he has 24 targets over his last two games. You know, like Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk have, have been the clear focal points of the passing game since the Cardinals lost DeAndre Hopkins again. And the Cowboys are are just middling in tight end defense, according to adjusted fantasy points and football outsiders tight end coverage rankings. They're they're 15th in both of those. So, you know, it's a neutral matchup for Ertz. Yeah, we mentioned it Thursday. The Cowboys are strong at outside corner. They're strong in the pass rush now that they got their defensive ends back healthy. They're If there's a spot to test them, it's the middle of the field where they're iffy in linebacker coverage, iffy at safety. So it could be a good game for Zach Ertz, especially on target volume. I agree. If I'm going to the high end at, at tight end, I think I'm going to stop short of Mark Andrews and favor Rob Gronkowski at 6200 bucks. The great matchup with the Jets it gives mm-hmm. him plenty of upside. Antonio Brown, you know, at least being somewhere short of 100% can only help. And I think Gronk's going to come in lower owned than he should after yeah. two straight stinkers fantasy-wise. You know, last week was a predictably tough matchup, and he spent more time blocking. The week before that, he saw 11 targets against the Saints, only caught two of them. So they were yeah. trying to get it to him even when it wasn't working. They're still probably not going to have Mike Evans. We'll see about that one. He just got activated off the COVID list. But – Gronk's going to be a central target in this game, I think. Yeah, and the Saints and Panthers, you know, Gronk's last two opponents are two of the better tight end defenses in the NFL. Now he gets the Jets. So that's a good call. If, you know, if, if Gronk's coming in at like 5% owned, I'm going to have to to get him in some tournament lineups. What do you like on defense on DraftKings this week? Man, nothing really sticks out to me. Like on the cheap end for cash, I guess. I'm just going to trust our projections and go with the Dolphins who are coming in as our top value at $2,800. And Miami's actually the, um, th- the third highest scoring main slate defense in, in DraftKings points this season. And the Titans are 20th in DraftKings points allowed. And that's despite not having allowed a defensive touchdown this season. Um, Tennessee's actually allowed the fourth most sacks this year. So it's, it's been a good matchup. Um, you know, it should be a pretty close game. Uh, so I, I don't love Miami, but I'll probably just go with them in cash. 
Yeah, I think you'd probably love them more if you hadn't been a Dolphins fan growing up because it's a nice spot. Dolphin, the, the Titans are a good matchup for both sacks and turnovers, and we'll get a little bit more into that on the FanDuel side. But I think that they're a good starting point this week. I don't really see much reason to go beyond Miami and Indy as options here at sub 3K mm-hmm. prices. Indy's 2,900 against the Raiders. You know, the Colts have the upside on defense to make big plays as they've shown us at multiple points in recent weeks. The only knock, I guess, here is that the Raiders aren't quite as good a matchup for sacks or turnovers as the Titans are. But still, when you combine the price, you combine the situation, I think both of these defenses are good as building blocks from that position. Yeah, I agree there. Um, I, I do think for tournaments, it, you know, it might make sense to try to pay up a bit this week. I mean, New England is $3,900, but the Jags are currently implied for 12.75 points. I'm pretty sure that's the lowest we've seen all season. So if you're ever going to get a shutout, out of a defense, you know, it could definitely be New England at home for Jacksonville. Um, and then, you know, even like Buffalo home for Atlanta, uh, New Orleans, who gets Sam Darnold slash Cam Newton, whoever's going to be under center. I think, you know, those, those D's have ceiling that, you know, if you can comfortably fit them in tournament lineups, it, it definitely makes sense. That's true. And Philly against Washington could be another good bet, especially now that Antonio Gibson's out of the game. There's not a whole lot for Washington to to give the ball to on offense anymore. Yep. That's going to do it for this week 17 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get more player recommendations. If you're a DS insider, you can check out Jared's cash game picks as well as top GPP options from Corey Bushland. You can also mess around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. Find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. If you're with us on the stream right now, stick around. We're going to take a short break and then fire up the FanDuel show. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.